Hello and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante and today I am joined by cultural critic, editor, and the co-host of the new InSync podcast, Rachel Brodsky. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So your new show is all about needle drops and sync moments in movies and TV. I work in sync music, so I've really, really been enjoying uh, the first two episodes that are out so far. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the show and what you and your co-host Aviv are doing over there? There. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the way I frame it is that InSync is all about great music moments in TV and film. So it is about like the syncing industry. We do talk to music supervisors in the field. We basically take one song, one scene per episode and break it down, talk about the history of like the band or the artist in question, the show or the film and talk about the scene and like why it worked, what the impact was, like what did this do for that song's sales? Did we see like a like a bump in like the billboard charts, that kind of thing? We do talk about newer syncs, like one of our episodes is on Linda Ronstadt's long, long time as it was heard in uh, The Last of Us. Yeah. But we are also like uh, an evergreen saw podcast, like in terms of subject matter. So we have like longtime favorites. Like for example, my favorite ever music sync is Sia's Breathe Me on Six Feet Under, which closed out the series finale, one of the best series finales in television. That happened in like 2005. So we do go way back. And then we also talk about more current song to screen moments too. Like we do talk about the Cram Scoo Muff on Wednesday. Uh, We will probably have a Stranger Things episode with Kate Bush. I was going to say you do have Hounds of Love hanging on the wall behind you. I see. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, when when the Stranger Things moment happened, and I I turned to my husband and I was like, I think this is going to be huge, and um, yeah, and so it was. Yeah, well, it's really been great. Uh, you just had Rob Lowry, who we had on our podcast uh, on an episode talking about do revenge. Uh, so everyone should go check it out. It's in sync pod i n s y n c. But I also want to talk to you about your background, and obviously, you write about music professionally now. What was the moment that you fell in love and decided this is what you want to do? So it's funny that you frame the question that way because. My mom actually has this really good story of me as a baby, and I don't obviously have any memory of this, but as she Mm -hmm. tells it, I was like an infant and in one of those like little car seat rocker things, and she puts on a tape. And if you're like a a late 80s baby or 90s baby, you probably had these tapes. They're just called We Sing Silly Songs, Mm -hmm. kids music. And so she puts it on... And as she tells it, apparently my whole face changed. And I just looked like hypnotized by what was happening. And as she's feeding me like blueberry yogurt, I'm just like not paying any attention to the food. I'm just like robotically being fed yogurt. And my whole like face is like, yeah, in this like (laughs) hypnosis because I'm hearing music and that's, I, I like I said I don't re- I don't remember any of this, but um, as my mother yeah. tells it, like that was the moment where she's like, "Wow, like music has a real effect on this child." Yeah. But for my memory, like I was a huge pop music, f- I still am a f- huge pop music fan, and I just like had the radio on all the time to like 
whatever the local pop station was. I think the first band that really like sent me was Ace of Bass and like the sign. I remember I had like their cassette tape. I remember when my baby sister, who's no longer a baby, but we have about four and a half years between us. And when she was born, my parents hired uh, an au pair that they brought from Sweden. And she was about 19 at the time. And she watched a lot of MTV. And so I'm about four and a half, five years old watching MTV with her, not really knowing what I'm seeing. But I remember really specifically seeing the music video for Tom Petty's Mary Jane's Last Dance, feeling kind of creeped out that he appears to be dancing with like an either unconscious or dead woman. (laughs) (laughs) She is dead. Now I know. But then I was like, wow. But I really memorized every music video in the rotation. And that was kind of like, my beginning. And then finally wrap up your question. My parents had a lot of vinyl and I always was begging them to put on a vinyl. We had like a a Beatles album. It was like one of the compilation albums. I think there there are a couple and one is like from like 60 to 64. Right. It's the the, the red, the red red one one where they're they're all. Yeah. So I, I used to just beg them to put on that album specifically. And then my mom and I would dance around the dining room table to love me do so i have like a collection of memories where i just felt like so affected viscerally (laughs) as a kid by what i was hearing did that lead to you playing music like did you ever learn instruments or sing or i did sing like i was in chorus and choir and i did play the tenor saxophone in grade school I don't remember even why I picked the saxophone, to be honest. And I certainly don't remember why I picked the tenor because yeah. it's it was like as big as I was. And <laughs> but somehow that's what I got. And I did play drums a little bit because my, my friends just wanted to be in a band in high school. So my friend had a drum kit in her basement. She like taught me how to play. Yeah. But then my coordination, like I could carry a beat, but if I tried to do a fill, the stick would just like fly out of my hand, which became <laughs> yeah, a problem. Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't right. feel like the urge to really create music as I did because like I was such a really bookish kid and I loved to read and write. And at some point, these two loves came together. I watched Almost Famous like every millennial oh, kid yeah. did. And I was like, yeah, this seems right. <laughs> and that's kind of how like love of music and pop culture and television and like writing really. I was just like, this is just a logical decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, after those early, you know, visceral connections to music, were there artists as you were growing up and learning more about music that were really like foundational to your taste? Well, I've always been a huge sucker for like a really good hook. Doesn't mm-hmm. really matter where it comes from because like that has spanned into countless genres like if someone asks me today what's your favorite kind of music i'm like well anything that stems from a great hook that could mean like hardcore bands that could mean metal that could mean punk and pop punk and it could mean a great like r&b and rap and country today i feel like i've never listened to more and enjoyed more it all kind of whittles down to like does it have a hook is it going to pull me in so that's kind of like foundationally where i'm coming from but in middle school i was like all about trl bands like i was yeah. super into in sync you know that's 
podcast right. name Unintended, takes its, yeah. its inspiration <laughs> and saying yeah, Backstreet Boys and then high school comes around and I start like kind of merging into Green Day and, and Newfound Glory and like all these like early 2000s, like very Y2K pop punk and went to Warp Tour and regretted it badly <laughs> and, <laughs> and like merging into college. I was super involved in college radio at my school. Like I did college radio all four years. So by around like 2004, 2004 is when I started college. And um, this was like when everyone was losing their minds over the Garden State soundtrack. And I was no different. (laughs) I was like listening to a lot of like the Shins and Franz Ferdinand. And as you do in college, I got super into like underground college rock bands of the era, like what we now refer to as indie sleaze type stuff. And so we kind of go from like pop to pop punk to indie to extremely indie. And and now I'm just like a mess of everything. That's what I love about getting older, especially as like a, a music journalist and writer. Like there's no need to click cordon off your taste. Right. into genres anymore like you, you can love taylor swift as much as you love like the microphones and mount eerie yeah. and i feel like that that's kind of my taste it's nice to do what i do for a living because you're like you're just so exposed and, and you can find practically anything oh absolutely well i'm actually curious about how you feel you are able to maintain your own taste. You know, you cover music professionally, so you're always listening to all these different things and and having to keep up with the new music that's coming out. Do you ever find yourself, you know, going back to old favorites to sort of ground yourself or or bring you comfort like that? Yeah, I think ultimately you can't help but go back to the things that you love the most because I, I think that that's what everybody does. There are statistics that show how what you listen to at a more impressionable age will just hit harder no matter what you do. There's this like window of time in your life from like your teenage years, what through like your early twenties that you just can't escape from. And it will always feel more pleasurable to like go back to that time, listen to those albums. And I am no stranger to that. That being said, I'm lucky to work with a team at Stereo Gum and just existing like spending too much time on the internet and having a lot of friends who do what I do as well. Like they're also writers. And so I I feel like all day, and this is not just music too, like this is like movies and television. I read a lot of cultural criticism and, and discussion. And I guess you could say I'm, I'm pretty plugged into like the discourse. And so I, I feel fortunate that there are a lot of really like well-informed tastemakers who I follow, who I'm also like friendly with or f- close friends with. And so I don't feel like it's just on me to stay plugged in. It's definitely a community. It's like, it takes a village. Yeah. Well, with all that in mind, Rachel, what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. It's called It's Only Life, and it's by a band called The Feelies. And if you're from New Jersey and you're really into 80s college rock, then you know. <laughs> I think I first discovered The Feelies in college, but I really started to listen to them more right after college. And I was dating someone at the time who also like loved this band, the Feelies, and we did listen to them together. And 
when we broke up, I was like, you're not getting that band. I'm <laughs> listening to the feelings. <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to them. I love them too much. And I'm not, I refuse to associate the feelings with you. Yeah. Plus, so I'm funny. the one from New Jersey. So, <laughs> right. And the song, It's Only Life, though, it's a title track from a 1988 album. It's interesting in their timeline because it's it's this band that like is so hugely influential to a lot of future college rock favorites like right. Yola Tango. R.E.M. was majorly influenced. I think Weezer was really influenced. Their Blue album, the cover, I think is meant to look like the Feelies Crazy Rhythms, like their first album in 1980. Mm. Only Life came out in 88, and it's their major label debut. But it doesn't sound like a major label debut to me. It sounds like a band who's like more comfortable in their skin and more like at peace. Because Crazy Rhythms was like a very like jerky, anxious, nervy kind of record. Mm -hmm. And Only Life has nervy moments, but it's more like classically jangle pop, which I'm a huge sucker for. Mm -hmm. But the song itself is like, it's a calmer one. It's got this kind of inner peace, but that it's also got anxiety to it. And I did find a quote from the Feelies lead singer, Glenn Mercer. It's really a connection to like my personal psyche trying to find a balance. Like I'm always personally trying to find a balance between like, Work, life, anxiety, peace, existential dread, feeling like it's all going to be okay. <laughs> and yeah. so Glenn Mercer said in 2016, he was talking to Glide magazine, when I wrote Only Life, I'd been thinking about how hard we often struggle to navigate our lives towards our goals and that ultimately we have very limited control over what actually happens throughout our existence. I also thought about how that can be seen in either a positive or negative way. It can be depressing to work at something only to have it go wrong, but it can be liberating to not be too attached and obsessed over outcomes. I think it's about finding a balance between our desire and our destiny. When those are at odds, we feel anxiety, and when they align, we feel at peace. I just really love that whole graph. It like Yeah. And I and I think that's also just why I love the band Ophelia so much in general, because like they're really a band that like oscillates between total anxiety you can like hear the spiral in their early music and and then also like just placid everything's okay (laughs) and like people tend to tell me a lot that like you seem so calm you have it so together you're so well spoken and for me i'm like yeah you should see what's happening under the skin (laughs) (laughs) right yeah listening to only life though is is um, it calms me. I love just the kind of like, yeah, life is complete and utter chaos in the lyrics, but hey, it's only life. And uh, the last thing I'll say about it is that I actually like got the words, it's only life tattooed on my wrist years ago, but the tattoo was not great quality. Mm-hmm. Like the ink started to run together over the years and yeah. then It just looked like a blob on my wrist (laughs) instead of lyrics. So I ultimately got it covered up, but I thought, like, maybe I'll get it tattooed somewhere else. If you look closely enough on my wrist, you can still see it. Yeah. And it's kind of like a a little secret that I hold, like, with myself. (laughs) Right, which is cool. I was not familiar with 
this song. I mean, I knew the band by name, but didn't really, I've never really listened to their music. So it was really cool to listen to. It's this very, you know, almost meditative because it's just these, these two chords back and forth and this really like, it feels, it's very steady. You know, there's no like big climax. There's not a lot of like a big uh, change in texture. So it's this really like interesting kind of ride to go on um i have to check out the whole album yeah it's interesting because like i feel like people talk about their guitar arrangements and their rhythm section to a greater extent than they do the lyrics within the music but i do really love the lyrics within it's only life you find a similar kind of like meditative quality to the words so glenn mercer is singing like what does it mean what can you do about it what can you say Mm -hmm. you don't even know about it Nobody talks, nobody listens, we all look around. Well, look around. Yeah, look out your window. They're having a ball, they're having a party. I I love this, like, I'm in my head. Right. I'm looking out. I'm in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm looking out again. Maybe I can get out of my head if I join that party. And that, that I don't know, like I, I connect a lot to it internally. Yeah. Well, it's a really great song, and I'm so glad that you brought it, and I got to hear it and talk to you about it, and so many other great things. If people want to find you online or listen to the podcast, where should they go? Yeah, uh, we are available on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at uh, Pod. I think we're also on TikTok Ooh, very at InSyncPod. And um, you can also find me on my, my Twitter handle is Rachel Broads. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us and uh, hopefully we'll talk more soon. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, and I really hope that you do, consider subscribing, leaving a rating and review to help other people find the show, or you could just tell them directly, whether it's a friend or a lover or, hey, even an enemy. You can also follow us on social media at Great Song Pod, that's GR number eight Song Pod on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. I want to give a special shout out to Catherine and Izzy who helped me co-produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos and Love is our theme music, and of course, to you for listening. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time.